I essentially like right, right from, you know, fifth grade on, you know, I've always wanted to open my own business, like always, you know, um, uh, whether that be opening an electrical business, because I did want to kind of follow in my family's footsteps, my, I would have been a uh, fourth generation electrician if I went through with it. So that's kind of where I kind of was like, you know, you're a kid, you take pride in your family, you know, I was like, I want to carry this torch. Um, then I started realizing that that wasn't my calling. I, I, I understood it and it was definitely cool because it related to technology, which I'm, you know, I love. Um, and uh, it was more so like I felt like I could run it rather than work under it. I didn't, like you said, I didn't want to work for the man. Um, I ended up going into the union for a bit and, uh, and was working. And I, through the whole thing, I was just like, you know, if they're like, Oh, go get this, go get that, go get this. And it was like, I don't, this isn't me. I feel like I'm wasting my talents. You know, I feel like I can, I can, I, t- I pull from everything I learned from in life and I apply it to, to, you know, what I'm trying to do. So setting the bar high in life can be challenging while chasing our passion and curiosity to experience struggle and eventually finding success. Stories are valuable in ways we may never understand until that one person says something that resonates with us. Then boom, it all clicks. This is the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bar High Podcast. My name is Spencer Barlow. I am here with Aaron Faley. He is one of my best friends, childhood friend. We used to work together. Um, now we're doing business together. We used to live together. So we've we've basically have done everything, and we're now on like brother status, you know, brother from another mother. Um, so Aaron is a businessman, entrepreneur. He's gone through a lot of different careers, um, and you know, I think now, Aaron, you're at a point in your life where you're finally like on the path of what you truly want to do. So. Thank you for joining me for uh, today's podcast. I know you and I have been juggling back and forth on trying to get this done. So that's totally my fault, not your no fault. Worries. And uh, yeah, so welcome to the Bar High Podcast, my dude. Um, so <laughs> if you could introduce yourself, what do you got going on? Where are you from? Let the audience know. Yeah, so um, I was born in Burlington, Ontario. So that's essentially where you know I come from. But um, on my mother's side of the family, they're U.S., so I'm you know, kind of a mutt of, uh, North America there. I'm both Canadian and American <laughs> and native American. So it's, yeah, just, you know, I'm kind of just all about it, you know, all in, all into all the cultures, but, um, yeah, no. So, uh, you know, went to school for, to be an electrician, software engineer, business kind of did all that. Um, my family's in the, um, electrician, uh, you know, business. So they own a business. So that was my original route, but didn't really work out the way I thought. So I kind of went the business route, and now I'm an uh, owner of four different businesses. Um, one of my newest ones is a dispensary. Um, due to us being Native American, um, you know, the the government has given Native American reservations free reign to do whatever they want with the cannabis industry. So kind of really opened the door there. Um, also, I sell tobacco, candy. Um, I'm living in the U.S. right now, um, but hoping to get back to Canada soon to visit some some close friends and family. Obviously, Spencer. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, when's the last um, time we saw each other, bro? Uh, at least three or four years. Yeah, because you moved. You moved out of the house of what? Two thousand and fourteen. Sixteen. Was it? Yeah, sixteen. I moved away. Yeah, to the states, and then oh. obviously we've been ramping. Yeah, because we lived businesses. together for some time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we lived together since like 
I think it was 2000, what, like four? Right, because I moved in with you in 2014 when I, when, um, what's it called, when I started college there, or it was my, my second year of college. Yes. I think. And then we moved to the house. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'm, I'm totally off my time. time <laughs> no a little bit. So, yeah, no, it's been kind of, kind of weird because, you know, both of us kind of dove into full time positions. I know you had, uh, as I left, you got your job at Steel Car, and then, which led you to be a, a crane operator, which you're doing now. And then for yeah. me, I kind of dove into doing um, wholesale for smoking accessories, grow equipment, um, and tobacco and candy. So, um, well, 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 before you left, right? Like um, you had to you had to help your mom out too, right? Because your mom was operating gas stations and stuff, and you know you were kind of taking on a manager manager role. Yes, yes. So the manager right? we had did some shady stuff, and obviously when you do that a job, you get fired. So um, came back yeah. to help out. Um, that's where I actually met my girlfriend that I have now. Uh, we work together and stuff. So, um, you know, it's, uh, things kind of come together, but, uh, you know, when Spencer and I wanted to actually hang out is kind of like when COVID hit. So we were kind of not able to, to hang out. So now that the borders are slowly starting to open up, I'm hoping in the next couple months, I'm going to be able to go back home and, and see some of my friends and family. But, um, as of now I'm keeping myself busy with all my businesses. And now with obviously Spencer and I launching uh, hash rate servers there, uh, definitely keeping busy. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, bro, <laughs> so. you are, you are the goat man. Um, and that's something that I've always looked up to you. Uh, not necessarily from like a business standpoint, but just like financial, like you were always like the wizard or very like in the know of what was going on on you know how to build wealth and stuff like that and at the time so when i first moved in uh with aaron like i was in school for health wellness fitness trying to become you know a personal trainer and all that stuff and uh yeah you know just just being around you uh made me throw up a couple times kick my butt <laughs> oh yeah you know it, it was it was good give and take absolutely yeah. but i didn't i didn't take I was more like workout, come home, video games, eat junk food, workout, video games, junk Pizza. food, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, buena vida. Um, but yeah, so by the way, best, if you guys are ever in Hamilton, Ontario, try buena vida pizza. Um, Not a so, paid sponsor. <laughs> not a paid sponsor not Genuine, not yet anyways great pizza yeah <laughs> yeah exactly not financial advice um so uh when when i was hanging out with you and i would like uh, okay so when i first moved in with you let's let me just clarify something that when i first moved into you is when you're doing the crypto mining you're mining like dogecoin or something mm -hmm. like that at the time yep. and i didn't even think twice of it i was just like oh, what the fuck is this shit mining right like <laughs> don't you use an axe for that right so it just kind of went over my head i didn't pay any attention to it um right so you were always kind of dabbling in different ways of building passive income or just generating income in general and i wish i had paid more attention to you or asked more questions to you about what that meant to you why is your mindset so focused on generating wealth um you know any sort of financial anyone that has any sort of financial literacy or intelligence would um kind of laugh at that question like why would you not yeah. you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. i think at the time for me um i so my background with growing up around money for those of you that are listening um you know lower class um uh, my mom was a single mom for a little bit there and i i didn't get um, you know, the proper education around um, the benefits of generating 
wealth. It was, it was, you know, what I've come to learn was, you know, looking at uh, using credit cards as a mean of, of, of paying for things and, and, and like building up debt and not really worrying about it. Right. And, you know, that was one of those things that I, I dug myself a hole with. And, uh, you know, just to, to be completely transparent, I was actually on a show called Princess back in the day. So some <laughs> of you might recognize me from TV for that. Um, and yeah, you know, when I did that show, it really opened up my mind to be more uh, in tune with the fact that money is very important. Oh, yeah. um, now, with you, Aaron, when did you start to want to create more wealth for yourself or financial freedom? Now, was this something that was taught to you or, or was it something that uh, you just said, you know, I, I don't want to work for the man. Like, I want to have my own thing. So yeah, I mean, I, on that essentially like right, right from, you know, fifth grade on, you know, I've always wanted to open my own business, like always, okay. you know, um, uh, whether that be opening an electrical business, because I did want to kind of follow in my family's footsteps, my, I would have been a uh, fourth generation electrician if I went through with it. So that's okay. kind of where I kind of was like, you know, you're a kid, you take pride in your family, you know, it's like, I want to carry this torch. Um, then I started realizing that that wasn't my calling. I, I, I understood it and it was definitely cool because it related to technology, which I'm, you know, I love. Um, and uh, it was more so like I felt like I could run it rather than work under it. I didn't, like you said, I didn't want to work for the man. Um, I ended up going into the union for a bit and, uh, and was working. And I, through the whole thing, I was just like, you know, if they're like, oh, go get this, go get that, go get this. And it was like, I don't, this isn't me. I feel like I'm wasting my talents. You know, I feel like I can, I can, I, t I pull from everything I learned from in life and I apply it to, to, you know, what I'm trying to do. So, which then in turn keeps it fresh for you. You know, you're doing something that you've been passionate about your whole life. So, um, I kind of have just been, um, looking at the industries that I operate in, see what's lacking, um, which I, obviously seem to have some type of niche for you know looking or finding these opportunities because I'll, I'll it takes me a couple months usually in the industry but i start to really figure out okay well this is lacking so why don't i start a business that does that and i also have another issue is that i like hobbies but i tend to turn my hobbies into businesses because i yeah i i, I identify things in that hobby that could make money because nobody's doing it yet um, which is similar to what we've created with hash rate servers, where um, we obviously we just found out a little bit ago that there are other ones on Ethereum blockchain. I think there's only two projects, but um, I was unaware of those projects when uh, you and I birthed this idea of hash rate servers. So, um, but yeah, no, it's always been kind of a thing for me to start my own business. Um, my my uh, on my mother and father's side, they both started their own businesses. My dad later on in life, but um, it's kind of always been seems like it might be genetics i don't know but <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's great though like i mean uh, even being an electrician uh depending on what path i'm assuming there's two different paths right you could be a contractor right where mm -hmm. you're running your yourself as a business and then working for like a union or whatever right and i think yep. at the time you got into a union or you're close to like your apprenticeship right yeah um, i think that was the time when you were live you and i were living together i was watching you kind of go through all that and um you know like i could tell like that wasn't really your thing and that's okay i I think at the end of the day, your dad's probably like, hey, pat on the back. You tried it out. 
yeah. seeing that it wasn't working for you, it's all good. But you gain a lot of knowledge from it too, yes. right? It's never like a failed experience. Um, and if that's somebody's mindset, they got to be more open-minded to it. That it's like, you know, it's a, it's a good learning opportunity. You've took... I like I've seen you take those skills from school and use them in in real life and you know you'd use that with putting the the miners together that you had at your house or whatever you know what I mean and then moving forward into us um, building out our BTC miners or if there's any electrical stuff that you need to work on or uh, integrate to make sure that things are running at their their you know optimum you know, capacity or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, those things, there are great opportunities to just add to your toolbox. Um, and then on your mother's side as well, right? Like, so it, from, from my point of view, um, it looks like you're able to really, you know, dip your hands in a lot of different uh, pockets and understand different worlds, right? You know, yep. like I had mentioned, your mom runs the the gas stations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, she has her own dancing business uh, as mm -hmm. well, right? So like very entrepreneurial. And it, and it seems like it, you're just constantly surrounded around that all the time, which is amazing. So you're always and you're a very curious person too which is awesome i think um you know that's that's a very important trait that a lot of people need to have as well um is that you're very curious right like something kind of like shines a little bit of light and you're like what what does that mean what does that do yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna research an opportunity a little bit more to open a business what, yeah. yeah exactly right uh and that was another thing too there's this one um one app that you always had um gadgets or something like that yeah um, yeah yeah and, and gadget, and, and I, yeah, they're done. And gadget, yeah. yeah. And I got onto that too because I was like, "What is this man always reading all the time? He's always coming up with all these like crazy ideas yeah. and whatnot." So yeah, I always thought it was it was really cool. Um, you know, I I, uh, I want to dabble a bit into your your athleticism background a bit. I don't know if I asked a lot of questions about it, but you did do some like figure skating. Did you get yeah. into dancing too? No, no, no. I. Um... So originally, my brother and I wanted to play hockey, and they told us that the only way we would be able to do that is if we learned how to skate first. And they said the best way to do that is to go to figure skating. And Wayne Gretzky actually did the same thing. He was a figure skater before he was a hockey player. Okay. So that's kind of how she sold it on us. To kind of be like, well, this is like <laughs> you know, back know in the that. day, you're like, you're in middle school. It's like if anybody finds out about this, you know, I'm right. done, kind of thing. So. Um, I did that until eighth grade, but I mean, it did help because like, obviously I went to Canada every weekend. Um, you know, we were friends with John, so you know who I'm talking about here, but I mean, mm. we would rollerblade, play roller hockey, you know, all that type of stuff. So it was kind of like, yes, I hated it, but in the same sense, I was able to participate in a lot of things that other people would have a hard time doing. So I'm kind of appreciative with that, mm. but, uh, we not only did that, um, we played tennis, we did golf, uh, lacrosse. And then in high school, I did um, uh, oh, soccer as well in middle school. But in high school, I did golf and basketball were my big uh, my big sports there. But then after that, I kind of I, I wasn't I didn't join a team or anything like that. And I kind of just did my own thing. I started doing your like in the in the park uh, CrossFit, you know, sessions kind of thing or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, exercise um, classes and that was fun. I, and it's funny, I've told you this before, but like if a lot of people are like, Oh, why don't you just go to the gym by yourself? And it's like, I don't, I can't do that. I have to see other people suffering doing the same yeah, thing that course. I'm doing for me to enjoy it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. You're hurting too. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, We're all hurting together guys. Yeah, this is great. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So I, it's gotta be like that. But, um, 
but no, it's uh, I love playing sports, but it's just it, it seems to me like now I a lot of my time is allocated towards like business. Um, yeah, of course. And, you know, I, course. T- my philosophy is I'd rather bust my ass until I'm, you know, 40 or 50 years old and then just ride out the rest of your life because you have so many businesses and essentially you have people managing those businesses and you're just kind of collecting a paycheck as if you're like, you know, the biggest shareholder of a company kind of thing. So um, I'd rather at that point be like, all right, who wants to train me? Because I've been in, not in shape for like 30 years. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Start late instead of start early. Right. Let's do it backwards. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, so did your mom ever have you like working at the studio and, and at the gas station as well when you were younger? Like, were you already be like kind of like thrown into the fire? Yeah. So when I was 15 i started working at the gas station and i was just a full service gas attendant so i'd come out i'd fill your gas you know um show a little bit bit of skin and get a tip (laughs) 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 but they would tip us they would tip us i don't know if i want to imagine that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know that was cool moved up to working behind the register um but then it kind of transitioned into me going to school and kind of taking care of my family Um, you know, at the time, um, my mother and her husband were going on trips. So essentially I was taking care of the kids and going to school. Um, so I kind of essentially went that route. And then, um, after they kind of ended that, I decided to, uh, move back to Canada and that's when I got a job at crown relocations with you. And that's when we were doing, you know, uh, the moving and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, no. So I started young working at the gas station. It's definitely cool. Um, a cool experience because it wasn't just like a normal business. It's a Indian reservation business. So you kind of start to pick up on things. Like obviously people don't have to pay tax when they come there. That's like the big reason people go there, but uh, it was a cool way to see a different type of that industry. Cause if you go to like a Seven Eleven or a Sunoco or um, pioneer or something like that, um, it's a different kind of thing. Like people do go and buy their tobacco there, but not in the quantity that they would at a reservation. So it's, it's different. You definitely feel uh, a little bit different of a, of a setting than like working at a non-reservation business. Um, is that more so because like a Seven Eleven or, you know, a Stelco is like a turnkey and you guys are very independent. So you're kind of creating your own, like, I guess, advertising and, yes. you know, um, I, I guess energy or environment, right. Yep. Is, is kind of what well, I'm a lot of people, there. what they'll do is like, they, if you say I'm working at a gas station, they're going to be like, Oh, well he's not going very far in his life, you know? And it's, if you were talking about a pioneer gas station or something like that, yeah, I could understand that because it's a huge corporation. It takes a lot, you know, of time and effort to be acknowledged by a higher up, uh, not just your manager at your gas station, but at corporate. So uh, a lot of people, um, you know, my business partner for the, uh, our dispensary and stuff, he, he was going to go for accounting and even all his friends were like, well, why did you drop out of school? Like you're managing a gas station. Like you're not going to go very far in your life. And I tell people, I'm like a reservation business is not like a normal business because it's family owned. Um, obviously the revenue is a lot higher than a normal gas station due to it being tax free. Um, so what we usually do is I tell people, you know, or um, employees when they start working at the gas station, so this is like, your interview to move up to one of our bigger companies that we're, you know, we start. So if you do good at the gas station, 
there's a, a lot of room to move up and there's not a lot of people you have to impress to get there. So that's kind of where I tell people. And now, you know, my business partner's friends are being like, well, yeah, you weren't kidding. You're making a killing, you know, now, you know, working for there. So it's, it's funny to see that where people be like, oh, you, you work at a gas station. It's like, yeah, but it's not what you think. Like, you know, there's a lot of potential, you know, uh, coming from those businesses. So one thing I'm, I'm really taking from this, Aaron, is like, you know, you've been put in a position where like you've had to, to really like step up to the plate. Like you had said, you know, you had to take in, taking care of your brothers and sisters. Um, you know, there's times I'm sure you had to take care of family, mm-hmm. manage the business, and, and then also creating opportunities to help other people such as your employees, which is really cool and fascinating as well. Like, um, you know, you want to see everybody, you want to see people win at the end of the yep. day, right? And, and, and when you see that somebody has the potential to, um, you know, contribute whatever it may be that you can leverage off of and be transparent about that like hey like i see you have something let's work together like that's also um very fascinating as well now where did that come from do you think it's because you had to you know be in a position of leadership or is it just something that you generally enjoy doing obviously you i could see that you enjoy doing it but like um like when it comes down to being in that position like what what triggers you in your mind to be like okay i can see myself like working with this person like what how do you how do you read somebody where it's like on that trust level like your business partner myself right like yep. you know what i mean how, how do you how do you know that they're somebody that you want to create um you know opportunities with yeah um essentially it's their it's how they they present themselves really um it's if we see them kind of going above and beyond or, um, you know, me not asking them to do something and they're already doing it kind of thing. Uh, that's what I look for. Uh, just their, their work ethic showing up on time. If you call them and they're like, no matter what they're there, that's somebody that, uh, that you really want. And it's kind of like me working because again, like a lot of people would be like, Oh, well your mom's side of the family's rich. Like you, you've never known, you know, how to work or, you know, to, to have nothing. And I kind of resent people that say that because that's not who I am. And I actually moved away so that I could prove that I could do it myself and I don't need to help uh, the help of anybody. And you know that, I mean, the apartment we lived in wasn't, you know, the Ritz Carlton. I mean, no. some, you know, sketchy. No. Sh- but we had a hell of stuff. a good time there. We don't did. get me wrong. We did. But, you know, I work as an electrician. We worked at a moving company. You know, I worked yeah. as a bartender yeah. at the Coliseum. I mean, I made my own way. And that's yeah, kind of did. where when my mom called me back in 2016 being like, listen, you started your own vape company. You know, you essentially went to school, you did your electrician, you know, you did all this stuff. You're showing me, you did all this by yourself and you're living by yourself. You know, you don't need anybody's help. And that's when she was like, listen, I love what you did with your business. I'd love for you to come back and help me run mine. So that was kind of a really cool thing. But a lot of people, when they when they talk to me, they're like, oh, you've never known, you know, how to work or you've just had everything handed to you. And that's not true at all. You know, my the first car I bought, I mean, I could see the road, you know, I didn't get a handout, you know, I everything I bought. And yeah, or no, not the, it was the um, Ford Escort. My Ford Escort. You didn't know me then, but yeah. The, oh, I, I didn't know you then. Yeah, okay, no, the okay. thing was just a, a, a terrible car. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I never had to get an oil change because I had to, my oil 
in my engine would drain the entire week because it had such a big hole in the oil pan. So like every week was an oil change. I just had to stop and get, <laughs> fill it up. All right, let's keep going. You know, wasn't allowed to park in any of my friends' driveways because I would yeah. leave oil stains. So, eh? uh, so yeah, I, it's, you know, I, I made my own way. And, and, you know, when yeah. I tell people that like, Oh wow, like that's, you know, I'm, that's impressive. And it's, it's kind of, a, it pulls it into perspective now as a business owner where I try to take care of my workers and show them like, Hey, we appreciate you. If you do this, we're going to give you a bonus. We're going to give you a raise. You know, we're going to put you in a different position that, you know, um, opens more opportunities for you, you know, because I've been there, you know, we've been there together, you know, uh, working as that uh, in the moving company gave me a, a huge fire under my ass. Um, oh, just the huge, fact bro. that, you know, we were yeah. going to these like ambassadors and huge uh, fortune 500 Mansions, companies yeah. that, that manage, you know, our general managers are huge, like managers of these corporations. And we see, you know, we're, we're going into these massive houses and it's like, okay, well, I, let's not say I don't want a mansion, but I want to have that type of freedom where I'm like, you know, kind of, uh, do whatever money. I mean, there's a different way to say that, but, um, right. Mm. <laughs> or, or, or not even just, yeah, I like that. I like that description too, but like being able to provide for your family exactly. and live in a, in a way of comfort as yeah. well. Right. And seeing so, that it's like, I, I, we both wanted that, you know, both of us yeah. would talk about it all the time. We're like, look at this house. Like not the fact that we want to buy a mansion, but have, I want it to be like, well, it's an option. You know, but that's not who I am. That's not who my girlfriend is. You know, we're humble people, um, you know, uh, so it's not. And again, I've come like I didn't my dad's side wasn't wasn't all money, you know, so I've, I have humble beginnings, you know, alongside. I, I know what money does to people as well. So it's kind of mm. it's kind of cool that I got both the sides of the coin so Absolutely. that, you know, um, I can now take that to the table now as a business owner and and build a team that I feel is a family and not so much as just a workplace. You know, yeah. I like I like my employees to be able to come to me. Yeah, I'm a boss, right? So it's like there's that line there, but there's also you can be friends, you can you can play as long as they respect you and you respect them, um it tends to work out. Yeah, and that's the most important thing. And I, I'm even getting that now so as well where I'm working at the Fasco, right? Like like I don't look at the people that I work as as like my boss and my coworker. Like we're like a family. We all support each other and stuff yep. like that. And, you know, same thing with how you and I are working with hash rate servers is the same thing. The people that we are bringing onto the team, obviously that we've we've gone through a little bit of a turnover with certain people and stuff like that. And that's okay. Um, and that, I think that's just a natural thing to kind of like see like who, who fits the vibe vibe and energy and, and mm -hmm. you know just like we'll get deeper into that specifically but it's it's beautiful just to see how things have kind of um grown into this second wave because the first wave you know things were a little 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 wavy uh it, it, it we weren't really like um you know i, I don't want to say we weren't prepared i, I think we we're the market didn't possibly. didn't agree with us yeah either, the crypto market exactly yeah, so like we'll get more into that, but like yeah, it's nice to see what we have going on now. Um, one thing I would love to talk a bit more about is like the struggle and failure, right? So I, you know, there are some things that you brought up to mind that I'm like, fuck yeah, I totally forgot that you've gone through a lot on the struggle side, and you know, you and I both know about the struggle, right? Yeah, like, oh yeah. You know, I, you you got to go through that to really understand what it is that you are trying to create in your life or what you want to bring into your life, right? Um, and and let's talk a bit about the vape shop now. Um, you know, I was there with you 
from start to finish with the yep. vape shop. Um, you know, that, that I don't want to say it was a failure, but I think it was a good learning opportunity. Like, I think yep. that was like your real, like brick and mortar business. Like that was your thing that you had to share with the partner and, yep. and build that out. Right. Um, so first of all, where did the idea come from, you know, to, to actually go to that point where you actually have your own brick and mortar shop? Well, it, um, my brother, uh, in the States here, he, um, his father is my mother's ex-husband and he also owns a smoke shop. So, uh, they were just getting into the vaping industry and we had went on a family trip and obviously we're sitting there talking. He's only three years younger than me. So it's not a huge, a huge difference. Um, so we, we're usually on the same page for a lot of, a lot of stuff. And he was like, have you thought about this vaping industry? And I'm like, I've heard about it, but I haven't dug too deep into it. You know, at the time I was working as uh, still at the, in the union and, and doing stuff like that. So that's kind of where I was like, all right, well, let's see where this goes, you know. Um, and he was able to supply us uh, with the equipment we needed to open it. So uh, I spoke with a um, Ryan who we used to work with at, at the moving company. I'm telling you, that moving company opened a lot of doors. And oh, it really did, rent, man. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We fucking worked with Ryan yes. at the moving company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. So that's yeah, that where. Guy was um, amazing. Um, and so we. Uh, I, I, I knew he was really good in business. He had actually been on a board of another company that he created with one of his friends, um, ended up selling his seed or something like that. So I knew he had the knowledge and I knew I could learn a lot from him. And, um, so I called him up and I was like, Hey, it's been a while, you know, um, kind of doing my own thing. What are you up to? And he kind of, you know, filled me on his life. And I said, listen, I have a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, my brother's willing to, to give us the equipment, you know, uh, family and friend discount. And, um, and get this going we essentially just need a location so he was like this sounds like a great idea he actually was just researching the uh, vape industry um so it kind of clicked really well and we ended up we we met up again uh devised a plan and it actually kind of all fell into place really nice because um the location we got had just opened up and it was a block away from the center mall of downtown hamilton so the foot traffic's there was between the main mall and the club and essentially the party street like all the clubs and stuff so we were in a really cool area um very heavy foot traffic so it was a really cool opportunity to um, to open this business and learn from from Ryan. And I, I you know, I, I've said it to him multiple times and said, you know, the stuff I've learned from you is hand over fist more than what I ever learned in business school. Um, and that's kind of where I was like uh, in business. A lot of it you learn just by going out and doing it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you need a business degree. You need this and that. And I almost feel like it should be a trade, not so much, yeah. you know, just like as a doctor, it's like, you just have to go and do all this education. It's like a lot of it you have to learn. Like they don't teach you how to talk to people. They don't really teach you how to sell right. something. They teach you like, well, this is how you break down your profit. This is how, you know, you do an order form. This is, and it's like, that's all great, but that's a lot of back end office work. Like how do you become the person that creates their own business, you know, goes out and makes the sales, you know, all that type of stuff. So I learned a lot from him and um, I don't think I'd be where I am without opening that business. Like you said, it was my brick and mortar, my foundation, um, you know, me 
you know, because uh, th- there'd be certain things where he would pick up the phone and just ream out, you know, a, uh, a supplier because they're, supplier, they're late, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. like, we're, we paid for two day shipping and now it's a week away. And here I am being like, why are you being so mean? Just be like, we're, you know, we don't want to lose them, but <laughs> we're the customer. And he taught, he's like, no, no, yeah. don't, they owe us. We paid them, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. it was just naive, you know, being new into business, not really knowing, but I was, again, I'm glad I had somebody that knew what they were doing, that was experienced in, in business and kind of knew how to stiff arm. And he taught me that, you know, don't be shy. You know, you're just as much in there as they am. You know, they need you to buy from them as much as you need to buy from, you know, it's it's a two-way street. So he, he kind of uh, opened my eyes in that sense that as a customer, you have a lot more power than you think. So, um, but in the same sense, you know, he, uh, he taught me how to, how to market, um, how to pull people in, um, how to appreciate your customers, um, you know, make them essentially a part of your family or feel like they're a part of your family. And that's kind of what we're pulling into hash rate servers. You know, obviously we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's where it's like, you know, Spencer and I kind of felt like we let the family down a little bit with the first round. And that's why we said like, don't give up on us. You know, we're going to come back harder than ever. And I, can guarantee we proved that uh, you know in the last couple of weeks of what we're bringing to the table now so um, yeah like holy shit i mean there is a little bit of a slowdown period there um, yeah. yeah i won't get into that but yeah no it's great that with um you know you had mentioned watching ryan do his thing and not trying to be naive it's so true though eh? like you need to see how other people operate to kind of understand like that give and take right and uh you don't know what you don't know and the only way you start to learn is to be around other people in that position and i'm learning a lot from you as well just sitting here watching you do what you do like i will i can't say that i'm an entrepreneur yet i mean i have the entrepreneurial tendencies i have ideas um but i I'm just a little bit different, I think, with like I like to like come I like I like to imagine and then make other people create my imagination <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. That's good. You know what I mean? That's good. Right? It's usually kinda how I've looked people at with it. money do that though. That's usually being like an investor. Yeah. But I was just like, ah, do it. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Slowly but surely. But yeah. um no, like I've learned a lot from you so far and like watching how you and Ryan operated, like you guys let me in on everything, which was really cool. And um yeah, you know, just you guys had that going for a about a year, I think. It was, uh, I think it was two to three years we had it going. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Two to three um, years. Yep. Now, so with it running, you know, two to three years, uh, was it worth it on a profit side? Did you see the ends kind of me or like, or if you didn't, how did you guys deal with that to, um, you know, get to the point where, you know, it, it, like, trying to make revenues kind of go up like how did you how did you kind of control that so um the we didn't really make a ton of money and that's because the industry was so new and um the issue with that was is all these companies were coming out with new batteries so essentially you had a tank and then there was a coil inside the tank and then that tank went on a battery So, and then the juice goes in it. So you not only have all these new companies coming out with e-juice for for e-cigarettes, then you have all these new tanks coming out every week and those tanks need new coils. And then obviously those tanks only fit on certain new batteries. So you got to get the new battery. So it was hard to keep up with the industry, especially with starting out with not a lot of capital. I mean, we essentially... 
we started that business with $15,000, which somebody what? would say that's impossible, you know, and yeah, we were, we were able to do, yeah, yeah. And to stay, I mean, we could have kept going, um, but we had the opportunity to sell the business to somebody who had more of a bankroll and, you know, Ryan and I were kind of like, we're, we're surviving and everybody loves us. We, people would come to us due to the fact that they felt like it was like a clubhouse, um oh yeah we would yeah, play you, you know everybody's you favorite music OGs there yeah we had pool table in there we had a dartboard i mean you know uh we would close down shop at eight o'clock at our closing time and if you were a kind of a part of our inner circle or somebody who was coming there you know we'd have you hang out the rest of the night we'd play pool till you know 11 o'clock at night have a couple beers so um it was definitely like a cool place to go and people loved it they said you know even though um, this place might have newer things because you haven't got your stuff in yet. I'm still coming to you just for the environment that you guys have provided. So, um, in that sense, like we, we grew with, uh, with our customer base and obviously our circle of friends grew. Um, but yeah, the profit wasn't really there due to that, um, with new stuff coming out, the Canadian government at the time was really trying to crack down on vaping which they kind of did a 180 and went after the cigarette and tobacco market first. And they still haven't banned a lot of stuff in Canada, but again, it was all that legislation. You didn't know if it was going to fail or succeed, um, you know, with the laws passing and stuff like that. So it was just a weird time. And that's kind of where Ryan and I were like, listen, we don't really know where this, the, the ball is going to land. Um, you know, we are making it, but why don't we, I'm sure we can make it somewhere else. You know, it would be better to maybe cash out on this deal, make some money, um, selling it to somebody else and then, you know, take that money and reinvest somewhere else. So that's kind of where we did, um, you know, what we did with it. But like I said, the knowledge I learned and the experience I got from that worth every penny, you know, even though essentially we broke even, you could say at the end. Um, which again is fifteen thousand dollars. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, that's it. Experience. Yeah, I didn't have to yeah. like. I didn't have to go work for somebody else. It was you know uh, him and him and I, you know, uh, pounding the pavement, figuring it out. You know, doing what we had to do. Um, and it, it was, it was really, really cool. It was just really cool. So if, if anybody's watching and you have a dream to do something or you want to start a business, even if you fail, I'm telling you, you're going to pull something from it. You're going to learn Huge. something from it. So, yeah. And that's an extremely important part of it all is like looking at what's the experience that you're gaining from it and yeah. not looking at like, um, you know, fail or success. It's like you need to go through these challenging times um, so you can develop and look at what you did wrong or, um, you know, what you could take from those opportunities and put them into something else and keep growing. And I'm going through that right now. You know what I mean? Like yep. just just being in the position I am with you with hash rate servers is like, you know, we had a fail mint is where, you know, people will buy into the project at the very beginning. I guess we could kind of open that door up now. Um, and, you know, uh, when we first launched it, I, you know, it, the numbers looked good from our point of views, right? Being new to this whole industry, the cryptocurrency uh, and NFT industry, um, you know, starting with a small collection of a thousand uh, NFTs, it was like, okay, this looks good. And then the actual cryptocurrency market changed. And when we went to go launch, we didn't make adjustments uh, quick enough. And, you know, it was great that a community was like very transparent with us as well. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I had a moment where I'm like, fuck, 
I, I like I failed. I dropped the ball. Like I want to walk away, and you know, I I just didn't know how to deal with it because I just kind of felt. I, I don't know if it was like burnt out or if it was even that specifically. I just think there was a lot of things at one time. We I put a lot of pride into up. it, so your pride was, you know, both of our prides took a little bit of a hit, but. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, I'm weird like that too. Like I always like, especially around the summertime, like, um, you know, my race is picked up. So I think there's a lot of things going on as well, where psychologically kind of got spread out thin. I was like, okay, I need to like figure out something, but like, it's nice that, you know, you kind of said Spence, like get the fuck back in here, basically. You know what I mean? Cause like it, it like shit happens and you, you're actually like, you're actually doing more harm than good when you fully close the door and you don't break yeah. even or anything like that. Right. And it's not the end all be all. It's great that we are able to come back up and, and reestablish this, um, you know, 2.0, uh, with a new team. Uh, we have an amazing artist, that is working with us as us as well. Grant, uh, shout out Grant if you're still watching this. Thank you, love you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know it, it's it's really cool. Like the 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 friendships that we have been building yeah. in these past couple of weeks moving forward, right? Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's definitely interesting uh it's fun i'm nervous uh you know there's a lot of emotions that goes into building out a business yeah. but you know that was something that you and i have always wanted to do together was some sort of business like when you had the vape business the brick and mortar business i was like fuck i i'm i'm in health and wellness and like you're <laughs> in tobacco and vaping and i'm like I, I just don't yeah i don't see it like yeah. meshing you know what i mean like as much now as i'm I in medicine to, Cannabis industry, it's medicine industry. We're, we're in medicine, <laughs> yeah. or sorry, you're in medicine, that's yeah. right, yes. Um, which is also really cool too. Like, uh, do you wanna talk a bit more about that as well? Like, um, cause you're doing like your own, like not delivery, but your own like contracting kind of. Um, well, with- we're doing we're doing cultivation and uh, retail dispensary. So um, we're coming up with our own genetics. Um, you know, nobody has these genetics. Uh, we hired somebody that um, knows how to do that type of stuff because there's there's a whole process to actually make your own strain of cannabis. Um, there's, uh, you know, once you make your first, you know, if you take two plants, splice them together, you know, uh, pollinate it and, and all that jazz and it creates seeds, you take those seeds, it has to be fifth generation. So you have to do that five times for it to actually be classified as its own strain. So there's a lot that goes into making your own strain of, of cannabis. So it was kind of cool to, to hear that obviously the Native Americans have this freedom um, to do that because uh, it's it's nice in the sheer fact that we're getting a jump start. Usually corporations are the ones that get the jump start and they're like, hey, listen, the government's usually uh, uh, all about, hey, we're going to pass this bill in six months. Um, we don't want you know, to pass this bill. And then there's no infrastructure whatsoever, like no growers, no distributors, no wholesalers, no nothing, you know? Um, So it was nice of them to kind of be like, Hey, listen, we haven't planned anything yet, but we're going to give you guys free reign to do what you want. So it's really nice to kind of give us the leg up on top of like all these corporations, because now that New York state where, you know, my reservations from and, and where I live, (laughs) Oh, Mer. Watch out, buddy. Mer misses me, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the fact that um, 
you know, we're getting the leg up on that's a great thing. Um, you know, we're having a lot of people come, we're building a huge following, you know, we're, we're starting to advertise that, uh, we're going to have our own genetics that nobody's going to have. So it's, uh, that's kind of where it's going to go, but super humbled to be in this industry. Finally. Um, you know, it's always been a passion to kind of, uh, be a part of the cannabis industry. I just never knew how to mm. get into it other than partaking (laughs) yeah of course of course uh yeah and that's that's that that was the thing too right like i know you've been uh, an avid uh, cannabis user and i did uh, quite a bit myself as well back in the day and like yeah it's crazy now like even my mom like she's like kind of in your position like want well sorry not in your position exactly but wanting to be in your position where she could be more part of the industry and she's you know making cookies and all that stuff or was making cookies and she's like i wish i could do this more on like the legal level right um um, but no, it's great where you are now on stateside and, and with the regulations that the Native Americans get as well, being able to, um, you know, be the first in line to kind of establish out whatever, yes. you know, your your businesses are going to look like. So it's really cool and fascinating to hear about that. And like, um, yeah, that you're able to now be more invested into it from a logistic and a business point of view, which yep. is super cool, right? Because um, you are very knowledgeable with it. And it's just like for for from my point of view, like it, it, I just kind of felt like that was your thing too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like you know how do you, how do you get into it in a way that's 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 safe, right, and legal? Yeah. And well, it improved know, my health. You know, I mean, I had stomach issues growing up as a kid. I mean, I went on vacation; it was guaranteed I was the one getting sick, or right. you know, a food didn't sit right with me, or you know, I just was never hungry in the morning. You know, stuff like that. And that's not good for your body. Um, obviously learning from you, you know, it's like, you got it, Aaron, get up. You have to eat breakfast. And I always be like, oh, no, boy. I'm not hungry. Oh, like, boy. Breakfast, I can't you know? remember how many times I had to fucking force you to eat food, <laughs> yeah. bro. Airplane. Guys, that's how serious our, um, living, uh, <laughs> situation was set up. I was the guy, I was, I was the chef and, uh, I had to feed Aaron. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, that's what you do for your brother. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I always wanted to get into it, but, um, yeah, no, it it improved my life. You know, it really helped my stomach issues, um, helped anxiety, helped all that type of stuff. So especially, you know, doing all these businesses, stretching myself out, you know, uh, pounding the pavement every day. Um, you know, that's where, uh, it it just kind of helps. I get to come home it helps me, you know, turn my head off a little bit because I'm that type of guy where I'm laying in bed. Even, you know, our artist, he came to us and was even like, hey, you know, there's these uh, rendering farms. So there's actually where you can pay somebody to render your video or render, you know, something. And Mm -hmm. there I am laying in bed like, oh, I wonder if there's, you know, some type of opening for that. You know, how diluted is that market? You know, blah. blah. So it's like, oh, man, I, I I need something to like turn my brain off. So I, it's definitely helped me a lot. So it's, it's cool to finally be in that industry. Um, you know, obviously educating people on it, um, yeah. and just providing it. It's, it's great. So now how do you divide and conquer like staying focused? Right. Cause like, you know, you just had mentioned, um, you know, being kind of switched on all the time. And I agree with you 
110%. I have ADHD. And when I was smoking cannabis, same thing. It would turn my brain off. And I love that part where I was able to just kind of like quiet my mind because same thing. I'm fucking just constantly go, go, go. You see what I do now as well with training and, uh, you know, doing all these little side hustles, working at the gym, the Fasco, NFT, fucking online coaching. Like, like I, it just, it keeps going. The podcast, yep. YouTube, right? Um, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, honestly, I cannot, like, I, I have that addictive personality too, right? So for me, and you've seen this mm-hmm. firsthand, it's like, you know, I can't just have a little bit. Like, I, it's one extreme or the other. So I actually had to cut it out <laughs> yes. because I just have no self-control. So yeah, Spencer um, doesn't just go for a bike ride. He goes for a 50-mile bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> just going to catch some sun and I'll be back uh, 24 hours. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, you, exactly. You, you've, you've seen it firsthand, right? Right, living yeah. with me it's just yeah, one extreme or the other um so like uh, how do you manage your time amongst all the projects to make sure that you're not like you know cutting corners or um getting you know exhausted or spread too thin how, how do you how do you manage that is there like a to-do list or anything like that like how do you go about making sure that uh, you're you're kind of ticking the boxes throughout the day and yeah i mean i just i essentially take mental notes i'm terrible with like physical things so like email great you know um messaging great but it's like mail actual yeah. physical ma- I, it's, i'm so bad with that so <laughs> um i kind of just keep mental notes of it um if i'm you know sitting on the couch watching a movie i'll have my phone next to me open with discord open or you know with one of my other uh, businesses I, I you know i own and operate but it's again it got, kind of goes back to the team and and having that um you, you know you kind of give certain duties and jobs to them so like you know for, for my business yeah. i'm i'm the talker and seller um while my business partner is the order and inventory person so when we go to a meeting you know i'll be you know shooting the shit with them trying to strike this deal but i'm like you know we can get you know this for and then i'll turn to my business partner and he'll be like oh we can get it for you know this this much amount and we can sell it to you for this so he's very much like my right hand man he has the number he's the numbers guy while i'm there to broker the deal and close it um so it's it's just it's just knowing you know who to team up with like for you i know you're very driven you know you're very people person you're you connect with everyone very easy um you have lots of connections due to that um so i knew you know when we were talking years ago and starting a business i knew that if we could just figure out a business that it would do good with you know me being the business side of it you being the connector side of it um, we just knew it was going to succeed. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where, when it didn't happen, like we thought in with round one with hash rate servers, that's where I kind of said, you know, to you and to other people who are listening, who may be trying to be an entrepreneur that don't get discouraged if something doesn't work out, you know, at the beginning, because I'll tell you what, out of every single business I've opened, not a single one has started according to plan. So that's kind of where it's like, don't get discouraged if it's not going the way you think, because a lot of people, you know, that I've talked to are like, oh, I'm going to start this up and I'm going to be making money in like a month. And it's like the rule of thumb is three to five years before you can actually start pulling profit as an owner out of the business. So and that's the thing, too, though, like how you just mentioned, like, you know, if your first mindset is I I'm I'm making money this way, like right away, like, yo, you're getting to like getting to business. Yes, you're going to generate some wealth or whatever. But if that's your first 
mindset going into it, you're 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 setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, unless right you're a bat, drug right? dealer, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not, right? and even then, you probably have competition in your. You know, it's not gonna go the way you think it's gonna go. Yeah, and uh, you know that's like I said, that's a great point. Um, and yeah, for for myself, like that's the thing is like. I love connecting with people, hence, you know, the podcast and stuff like that. And I feel like that's my strong suit. And it was great, you know, with, you know, you and I um, finally partnering up to do Hashry Service. Like I, you know, I had already established uh, good relationships within the NFT space um, just by, you know, I did a podcast with uh, Amir Hussein there from Dark Echelon. Um, he owns uh, an Ethereum uh, NFT there. I made some good connections in there. And then uh, still going through that, I mean, I've, I've kind of like down how much i've been in the nft space just more so focusing on the project here and just yep. other other things that i got going outside of the whole nft realm but yeah you know like uh, i i love connecting with people i want to do more of this kind of stuff and like it's nice now like okay that you and i finally got to sit down and we could use this to to also uh, i guess dox ourselves more so and let people yes. get to know yeah, us yeah. a little bit better too which is really cool so um no man it's it's uh it's it's great to have watch your journey and also stay in and 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 contact with one another yeah. too you know well, both I mean? of us i mean i've seen you go from cleaning a gym to essentially oh, like yeah. being a trainer and tra and having your own space you know in the gym and have clients and build you know workout plans and then now you know you and your girlfriend has have this business where you're doing online training i mean right. it was so cool to see you do the same thing and you know i even remember you being like you know i, I really want to learn and get into like nutrition so then you pulled you know one of your friends who you had been longtime friends with that you're like oh my god you're a nutritionist and you pulled information from her you know, it was it was really cool to see you grow as well, you know, into into the hundred K biker you are today. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Hey man, it just it goes back down to like the curious mindset. And that's I something that you and I both share, um, which is really cool, is like it's just like you know, anytime that something piques that interest, it's like, okay, what more can I gain from that interest? And and where can I see it, you know, grow for me? Uh, but also for you too, is like, uh, like it, your mindset is very much like business. Like, let's <laughs> see how I could like take this hobby and make it, you know. I could work out or... Or I can make money. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's totally cool. I'll do all the working out for you. Uh, but I, I, I love it though how you like you're just so quick to kind of switch on that mindset to be like you know like you just mentioned there rendering farm for example. It's like okay, yeah. how can I do it now? When it comes down to taking risk, Aaron, um, what can you say your risk levels are? Because I find that you're you're really. Um, like open-minded to just kind of going with the flow and kind of dealing the bullshit later. So like, how do you go about um, judging risk? I, I, if I believe, and this is kind of something that like really rang the other day when Elon Musk essentially had posted on Twitter saying it, the way he invests in projects is that if you love it, then do it, you know, invest in it, find companies that you love rather than, Oh, well, I could see them maybe making money or I, I'm reading the charts like, of course, that's one way of, you know, um, playing the markets or, or doing stuff like that. But it's it's more so I won't get into a project if I don't love it. You know, if I don't have a connection, I'm like, ooh, that really resonates. I feel like that could be really good. You know, it hits home. I won't touch it. 
you know so mm-hmm. obviously crypto mm-hmm. mining i've been doing since 2014 which obviously was me building computers which i've always been a hobby of mine you know i went to school to be an electrician so that's uh learning how to build servers that's learning how to build computers install operating systems do subnets all that type of stuff so um web design all that so I've, it's always been a hobby of mine. So that's where it's like getting into crypto. And then obviously with NFT, it's all hits that, you know, me as a person. So, um, mm. and even with obviously um, smoking accessories, dispensary, um, that type of stuff, always been obviously a part of me. Um, a little fun fact, I'm Tuscaroran, um, which is my tribe as, an, as a Native American. And if you convert that to English, it actually means hemp gatherers. So back in when we, when the natives were on, on North America and, and nobody else, um, essentially, uh, you know, the Senecas would come and trade deer or fish. Uh, you know, the Oneidas would come with whatever they, they do. Well, we would trade them hemp. So we actually grew oh. cannabis and hemp as a tribe. And that was our trade while they would bring fish or deer or whatever. They were had an abundance of. Nice. Sorry, there's a, cool. neighbors at the door, so it's just kind of a to do. <laughs> did they want to? Did they want to jump in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, all right. Where 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 we uh, leave off there? I think we were, we were talking. Essentially, yeah, yeah. You you might know a little better. I was like thrown off with this. Yeah, whole. so we're yeah we were just talking about like uh, taking risk, right? And um, you know how you go about judging what risk looks like to you and uh that's when you go right. into yeah so it's essentially if you just love the like love what you're getting yourself into and then make sure uh you know you you have a, a solid team with you um and if it doesn't work out the first time restructure the team and that's kind of what we did with uh hash rate servers you know we we appreciate the og team that we had built but it just didn't seem to work out you know people just didn't have uh the time to do what we needed to do um, and we got or really see the lucky. same vision as well, right? Exactly. They didn't yeah. believe in it as the same way as as, as uh, we did, and and yeah. that's okay. I mean, like that's completely normal. Again, same thing for them, it. you know. People getting, yeah, right. It's same thing for you know getting into uh, new opportunities or chasing that curiosity. It's like you know test the waters out. If it works for you, awesome. If it doesn't work out for you, awesome. I'm just trying to stay focused here. You got a dog, you got Merlin. <laughs> Look at this hilarious uh, yeah he's uh, which one which dog is that this is jameson yeah he's a golden retriever jameson what's up buddy <laughs> he's oh he's smiler. adorable that's what king yeah. does to me too it jumps up right on my lap there <laughs> dad what are you doing i need to be involved um but 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 yeah so okay so you know like you had mentioned you 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 put a lot of that trust into the team to 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 help with things um and, and like i guess it's just like you're not af- afraid to fail, which is no. really cool too, yeah. right? Um, you because take at the end of the day, like you admit, yeah, right. And that's something that I have learned a lot more so too in in the past year or so um, on on the financial side. Like you know, growing up with not a lot of money, 
um, I guess you can say became there was like the scarcity, right? I, mm-hmm. I wasn't very uh, willing to um, take risks with it. But now that I have a job that is a solid foundation for me, uh, provides uh, a very good paycheck at the end yeah. of the day to allow me to invest into these other little side hustles, my risk tolerance has definitely increased. But it's really weird to, uh, and maybe you could relate to this, Aaron. Uh, I have a, I have no emotional connection to money. Like if I were to spend it, it doesn't change my emotions where like even getting into stocks and investing and stuff like that like i could just give it to you as if i was giving you candy for example right and like do you have that same kind of connection with it as well or are you very like hesitant on where you put your money i i see it as a tool um, okay more or less uh and when somebody's like, oh, I have extra money, I'm going to go out to the club this weekend, or I have extra money, I'm going to go, you know, splooge on a dinner, or oh, I have, you know, whatever scenario it is. My scenario is, oh, I have extra money, where can I invest this into? I would rather take any extra money I have and start either another business, uh, invest it into a business I like, you know, any anything like that. That's usually my mindset. With it. And again, it goes back to that, I want to retire at 40 or 50 years old, or have the opportunity me knowing me i'm gonna be in retirement and be like how can i make money off of retirement you know yeah <laughs> yeah exactly of course <laughs> hobbies always turn into businesses so that's um, awesome you know that's where it's it's kind of just um i, I want to keep i'd rather have my eggs in a million baskets than one so yeah no that's smart and that just comes down to uh diversification that just goes back to where i am as well right with you know investing into stocks and you know the nft stuff has been um you know very rewarding to me as well Uh, i mean extremely risky i mean when i first got into nfts um you know i did lose a lot of money at the very beginning i'm Mm -hmm. sure you might have as well right just and that's paying for your education right like um at the end of the day it was still cheaper than a college education (laughs) yeah very much i mean depending on how big your risk tolerance is for some of us um you know i think i might have lost like a probably 3k just getting into it all right but now things are great can't complain i have established a good um you know uh bucket of assets that i could lean on and 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 you know if i ever need to liquidate I, i'll be in a good position more so um mm-hmm. on the fiat side of 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 uh money right but yeah man it's 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 a it's an interesting thing um you know getting into business taking on risks and and you know investing as well and it's really cool though that you're like you, you had said like you know if you get extra money like you're you're looking at how can i put money um to work for you and that's something i i I have just learned to you as well in the past two three years is like using money as a tool which i never saw Mm -hmm. i looked at it as like you know let's just spend it yeah fun (laughs) coupons right like monopoly money i'm like shit like i got money coming in what can i buy next you know what i mean that was my own stupidity growing up do I have any regrets for it? No, I don't. I, I I enjoyed going through those experiences as well with failing with how I used money. But now being where I'm at, uh, the great book um, I've kind of been preaching and it's kind of like the Bible to me, I think. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people and whoever listens to this will also agree is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And once I started to look at, you know, liabilities over or sorry, looking at assets over liabilities, I was like, oh, fuck, I got to change my whole game. And it was kind of cool to kind of like sit back and like readjust my mindset towards you know using money as a tool and 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 like not 
putting the money into places that there isn't going to be any sort of a return, right? So I'm getting into private lending now. I'm yeah, doing a business right. with you. Yeah, so like I'll kind of open up that right there. So uh, real estate has been something that has been a very fascinating um, environment that I've kind of sat back and watched. So Colton, um, who you may remember, oh, yeah. uh, is also one of my best friends. He's he's flipping houses now. I think he's like on his fifth health or, house or something like that. And um, he had gave me the opportunity of of either partnering with him or being a private lender and i just could not meet him 50 50 yet but being a private lender with him i make an additional 10 percent on investment once the house is is flipped and i was like shoot like that's a great opportunity and it just goes along with right it just goes along with you know putting your money uh to work for you and you know down the line two three years from now i will hopefully make enough to eventually be 50 50 with him and that opens up the door to be in real estate and potentially have my own rental property and stuff like that too and it's just one of those things like i'm at that point now where i'm like okay how can i you know take this money and invest it in something that's going to work for me or like having different ideas and taking those ideas and investing into it podcast youtube um you know online coaching and same thing it's just like you know trying to be more mindful of that and it, it, it it's nice now to kind of get a sense of how you think as well because like i always reflect to you you're always the number one person in my mind in my mind i'm like okay aaron if if aaron can do this how is he thinking you know what i mean like what is he thinking um what kind of risks is he taking as well right so it's always cool to kind of pick your brain and you know watch what you do or when i have like stepped away for a couple days and i've been busy with my other things i come back and then just to see everything that has been going on you know like us going back to hash rate servers um you know, the second wave or 2.0 watching everything being now introduced into the uh, development of the discord and different uh, utilities, right? Like how you've built the connection with our supplier and coming out with the Shopify site and all these other little things that I'm like, shoot, I never even thought of that, right? But it's really cool that you're like, you see the opportunity and you create or or create the opportunity and, and, and use it to our benefit um, for the development of the nft as well and man talking about nfts it is not an easy job whatsoever it's not and and it's and it's harder to from a point of view of like utility and pfp right 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 because utility is a service you're providing a service to people that is um you know rewards it's uh could be for I don't know, uh, alphas, right? When you, you want to have other ways of, of generating income within NFTs Land. or flipping shoes, <laughs> et cetera. Land, yeah, right, man. Like, shoot, they just had that huge um, land sale that came out with, um, what was it? The Board Yacht Ape guys. Um, yep. I don't know if you heard about yep. that. Somebody was like, yeah, um, I now hold like $1.2 million in, in digital land. It's like, holy cow. <laughs> holy crap right so it's just it's so crazy this whole web3 space um you know so actually the one of the questions i i i don't want to miss asking was how did you get into the cryptocurrency space what was the first like aha moment that it was worth investing into one sec let me just mute this one sec okay So cryptocurrency, 
Uh, that's kind of like what got me into mining. So a friend of mine that I went to high school with in Canada, because I, I split my high school career up. I did half in Canada, half in the U.S. And I graduated in the U.S. Hmm. Um, the friends I met in Canada in high school, um, one of them was going to be an accountant. He kind of, uh, I had heard of Bitcoin, but it was like $20. And I'm like, what, what, like, what, do you, what can you buy with it? I was like, nothing. I'm like, oh, why do I? Why would right. I buy it? You know, why would I have it? Um, but that was like, obviously, I was just graduating high school when um, crypto was coming out. Um, I think Bitcoin was the first one. Mine was like 2006 or 2007. I graduated in 2008. So by that time, I was just hearing about it, but because it obviously wasn't in a lot of circles, but very much on Reddit if you knew where to look. Uh, so that's he knew where to look. So um, the one day we were hanging out and um, partaking in some medicine and <laughs> and he was like, have you heard about crypto mining? And I'm like, well, what is that? I don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, he, he told me all about it, how it's essentially you helping a transaction or a transfer or, you know, anything like that or a purchase um, and, and broke it down for me. I'm like, that's really cool. So you can make money off of a computer that you own and he's like yes yeah. so i'm like right no strings attached yeah. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> done yeah, yeah. So I was like, how do i do this Tell me. so um it was kind of funny he was the one that yeah. was super gung-ho about it but i was only the one that built it so i saw him a couple months later and i'm like hey listen i went out i figured it out i built the computer had to figure out the the certain settings you need for the video cards now it's all automated. The, mm. the the program knows what video card it is. It knows what setting it should be at. Well, back in the day, you had to read for hours and hours and hours to find other people's settings and see how it would work for you. And then you'd have to run it for 12 hours to see if that was the right setting. So a lot of like growing pains with it. But I went back and saw him a couple months later, you know, and I'm like, hey, how's your miner doing? And he's like, I never built it. And I'm like, I'm, you you told me about it. I said, I built it. It's yeah. working. So right. um since then it kind of opened my eyes to what cryptocurrency is and what it can bring to the world so right. um i truly think that the whole ledger and blockchain systems will be used in so many so many ways voting for one um i know a lot of countries are trying to uh utilize the blockchain for voting because you can't skew votes with that because everybody has a ledger you know that's that's the beauty of cryptocurrency and that's even like with the whole world kind of diving into inflation right now, if we were on Bitcoin solely, that wouldn't be happening because you can't cause inflation with Bitcoin. There's only a limited right. supply. You can't print it out of air. So right. it was really cool concept. At the beginning, obviously, I didn't really know what it was. But now, obviously, being in it for eight years, um, you learn all this stuff. And it was really cool to see, you know, the 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 potential and now now seeing huge countries in the world now making it legal tender alongside their countries uh fi it obviously but very cool to see and i think there's a huge future in it which is why you know spencer and i have kind of started this hash rate service we want to be a part of that and somebody somebody said uh as well they said in the nft space when you buy an nft you're buying into that person's story so I thought that was a really cool oh, wow. quote. I don't know if he pulled that from somewhere, but I'm quoting this person that I saw, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool because it is a part. You know, this is a this is a part of your yours and my life. You know, where we're 
teaming up to build something and to give back to the community. And it's something that will last forever on the blockchain. Yeah. And, you know, somebody right. now purchasing into that is going to be forever. And they bought into, you know, the story that we're, we've started telling now. So it's it's definitely cool. And, I, and I'm, I'm very humbled at this, you know, second wave we've gotten in our Discord server. And um, and I have high hopes for it. I think we're really going to we're really going to thrive. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. And I just want to go back to your friend that was an accountant there. Like it's 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 really cool that you're like once again open-minded to be like, "Hey, I'm going to go check it out." And I find that you are really quick on the ball with things as well. I think what there is the uh, chia seed, yeah, or chia coin that had came out, chia seeds. Yeah. Nutrition. Yeah, 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 fuck. Um, But yeah, you know, you jumped on that. You jumped on the whole Dogecoin mining and and stuff like that as well. Um, Okay, so you did mine Bitcoin at one point? No, it was only Dogecoin. I had mine. Only Dogecoin. And I I switched to Ethereum later on, but yeah. Did you buy into Bitcoin at one point? No. No. Okay, I thought. Okay, I thought you had purchased into bitcoin and you made like a decent like coin and you sold it off uh, no 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 so i always what i do is well i mean i have made great trades like that but my whole my whole idea around it was people were like well why don't you buy cryptocurrency and sit on it i said well why don't i buy the machine that makes cryptocurrency and then i take that currency and go make trades with it you know what i mean it's like why am i gonna buy something that like i'm just gonna yeah okay if i know what i'm doing i can trade it but at the time i was like why don't I just make something like build something that's I'm going to make all my return back on in three to six yeah. months, depending on the market. And then after that, it's literally whatever you want to do with it. So whether you right. want to hodl it, whether you want to trade with it. So that was my mindset where, again, it was like, no, that's great. And I'm, I definitely feel you on the trading. But why do it with like money that you then have to take from somewhere else? I would rather take that money, build the computer, make my money back in three to six months, and then just have play money with the crypto. That I, I now I don't have to like connect a bank account. I don't need to go through, jump through KYC, you know, any of that stuff. It's it's just spitting out crypto at me. And I'm like, all right, well, what right. am I gonna do with this? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, that was really cool when you helped me out too with my mining. Like I'm doing mining just off my laptop, for example, right? right? And yep. I, made, I made a decent amount of coin from just doing that with the, the laptop and I had another, um, you know, actual computer desktop and, you know, just the stuff that I was able to pull from that. I'm like, shit, like, where do I, you know, invest it into? And I think I threw it all into NFTs, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah, it. But now your portfolio is huge. So, yeah, exactly. So, hey, paying for my education. Yep. Um, and then, you know, getting into HNT. Um, so doing that as well. I got the rack miner going. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it is a really cool thing that, you know, we could all get involved into, which is awesome because you don't level of education or certificate or legal rights to be a minor you know what i mean and that's the nice thing about (laughs) it um i mean i'm sure regulations are going to change over time but i mean right now let's fucking take full advantage of it and um yeah no it it is really it is really cool and uh i do enjoy watching the development of different blockchains come into play and how they are you know really making it like basically freedom of speech right freedom of play freedom of everything um and you know what i think um everybody's been really uh 
I don't want to say this, very respectful when it comes down to policing things too. I mean, you have the occasional people that are out there that are assholes that take advantage of you, of course. There are yep. people like that still out there, right? It sucks. But I, I feel like they're very small in the big uh, scheme of things or the big pool of people that are, are actually in this Web3 space just want to help each other out. You know what I mean? For example, like Axie Infinity, I have um, three Axies. They... Um, go and or sorry i have three axes and i have some i have a scholar that goes out and plays the game for me and he makes money from playing my axes because that scholar wherever they may be maybe could not afford the nfts but now are making you know uh, an income or a little side hustle into their pocket right i know in the philippines like our our currency is a lot is worth a lot more out there for them right so you know right. it's just really cool like these different <laughs> concepts that have been created um for people to kind of you know you just put a little bit more mo money in their pocket right and same with what we're doing with hashtag servers being able to reward our holders is so cool and we don't even know where these people are as thinking about that the other day the people that are coming into the chat i'm like I really wonder where a lot of these people are are from and and how they're going to use this these rewards, right? Is just very very fascinating. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like what we're 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 giving this um, experience to our holders as well. And it goes back to like building the family. You know, it's like it, it's the same thing. Like I I think of our holders as not you could say like an employee, but obviously they're not doing anything. But you know what I mean? It's like I feel like a like a parent. Like I have to take care of, of our holders you know so yeah. when they came back and they were saying you know listen the crypto market's down we're not going to make a lot you know we don't feel like the utility is there well that's where we went back put our heads together and now you know we have the mining farm we have the shopify store um we're going to do alpha and crypto calls and then now the newest announcement is that we're actually going to have a CLI program that you can use to mint on mints to help you with the hyped out hype mints that are really hard to, to obviously manually get one. Uh, and then we'll also have a Magic Eden sniper in that program as well, which will go hand in hand with those alpha calls. So I think we've really built out the utility. I mean, just the comments on our Twitter were like, show me another project that has this much utility. You know, we, we went above and beyond now where it's like, you guys asked for utility. You said there wasn't enough. Well, here you go. We're pretty much balls to the walls here as much utility as we can yeah. give you. Like, is this enough utility? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, but 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 that's a nice thing too with like having this family and 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 being able to provide these things, you know, as a business, right? Like you had mentioned, you like, what can we do to to make our holders happy? And I mean, at the end of the day, you can't make everybody happy, but it, as long as the majority is happy, exactly. fantastic. Exactly. Um, and, and the cool thing is, it's like you know, this is just the beginning, and like we're always looking at other opportunities to also integrate into hash rate servers. Like we had mentioned, we were eventually going to come out with the PFP version. Um, where it's just, you know, something for fun and, and community building and playing games and poker night and et cetera, right? So, uh, you know, looking it's at- It's not always at, about at the, the money, right? Yeah. It's not always about the money. No, exactly. It's, it's building those friendships and, and you know, even with Alpha, um, 
the alpha stuff too. It's like, okay, what professionals in this space can you connect with to learn from as well so you don't lose more money as well? Once I got into a whole bunch of alphas, I have not lost any money. You know what I mean? Just because I'm, I, I, I get that like second opinion or that professional opinion or analytical information on is something risky or not risky, right? So, you know, it's just, it's it, like, this is just the beginning and we're still, you know, creating the foundation, right? Obviously, we need to get the capital to invest into the miners and stuff like that. Um, but like, 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 there's just, it's more than just the money. And you know, you've done a great job building out those utilities, the mods that we have as well, the community mods that we have brought onto the team have doing has been have been doing a phenomenal job, like above and beyond job that oh, more yeah. than I ever expected. Yep. Um, and you know, it, they've been bringing a lot of value as well to the team. And that's the thing; it's like you know, this is a team. It's a it's a family, and we just want to see everybody win at at the end of the day which is yeah. just a beautiful thing i so mean my like, next like we said it's been humbling oh, sorry, it's sorry, been humbling uh, yeah yeah because i i, I want to touch a little bit on 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 the team there but it's been it's been humbling the fact that they come to us and say like you know we're we're mods and other servers they never said what server and we, we don't care but um you know essentially they're saying like you guys treat us like family you know and it's it's they said it's rare to find you know and they feel very included they feel like their voice matters you know and that's that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this call was like, you have to treat your team like they're a part of your family, you know, and, and it pays off because they've, like you just said, they went above and beyond in, in getting collabs and answering tickets, you know, when we can't or when we're asleep, you know, so it's, um, it's been, I think what we have now mm. is a solid team that we all respect each other and we're here to have a good time. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, it's funny. I was talking to, I think it was uh, Sab or Killaviv in Discord. There, I was saying to him, I was like, "Bro, you're in Montreal. Like, you're super close. Like, you know, we're all gonna make some time. We're all gonna go hang out in Toronto for the night or something yeah. like that." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I eventually wanted where the part, like, you know, we we get to the point where we all can meet in person and hang out and have a good time. You know what I mean? Because it's not just talking through a computer. Right? As much as I enjoy doing that, I also like the in person stuff too, especially when you're working as a as a team or a company or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Right? Well, we all got comfortable um, the last two years. We got to get back to face to face. You know? Okay. I know. <laughs> we have freedom again, right? Frig, tell yeah. me about it. Where was I? I I did. What was it? It was the race that I did at Paris to Ancaster, and uh, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that race. It was um, the around the bay race, and there was like three thousand people there, and we're all like shoulder to shoulder. I had a moment of like anxiety. I'm like, fuck, we're not wearing masks. We're just like, like it was just like <laughs> weird to be normal again. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful thing that we're slowly getting past that, but we're we're making some some great you know traction on moving forward, right? Um, even at the yep. gym when I coach, like we don't have to coach with a mask anymore, which is which is awesome. Uh, but we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. Uh, I would love to know <laughs> when you got into NFTs. When was that? When would, when did that sort of like spark your interest, or did you do that at the same time as you were getting into cryptocurrency? No, NFTs. Um, essentially, like I don't know when the first NFT was made, but it. I got into it almost two two years ago now and again it was a hobby okay. um saw you know uh i don't know if listeners here if you guys got into nba top shots but it was essentially like one of the first like really known nft and it was to obviously do with the basketball and sports cards so um learned my lesson really quick at how how fast the market price can change because um here i am you could only buy it or you could buy it with a credit card but you could also do it with crypto 
So I'm like, great, I have a miner. It's printing out free money for me, like free crypto. I'm just gonna buy the packs with my crypto, which is what I did. And I ended up having, it blew up so quick that I ended up having a portfolio of like $18,000 US in it. And in a matter of 24 hours, it dropped to 500. So I learned very quick that yes, you can sit there and be, and I see it on this TurboTax commercial all the time. <laughs> the guy's like, I'm a millionaire, yeah, and he's like running around, and then three seconds later, he's like, I'm not a millionaire. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> the market is so, you know, crazy. The roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. where it's like, you, you learn very quick that it's not real until you sell. So I learned, I learned my yeah. lesson quick. So right. now, you know, when I'm holding an NFT, unless I like really, really have passion and believe in it, um, which hash rate servers, I hope you guys do, um, you know, it's it's more or less, okay, well, I've made like 10 soul off of this, you know, I should probably sell it, you know, because I don't want it to, to flip. But I've had it where, you know, I had a stoned ape, uh, stoned ape club, I think it's called or Sto stoned ape. I think it's something like that. Um, I had it and I made I think I made like eight soul off of it. I sold it. I bought it at like two soul sold it at 10. And I went back just the other day and looked in the floor price on it's 70. So I'm like, oh, what? But, you know, yeah. What? Damn. I was like, I really should have held on to that. But in the same sense, I walked away with 10 soul, which at the time was like two grand. Profit is so profit. I, yeah, I was happy yeah. with it, you know. Yeah. So, it, again, the profits aren't real till you sell. So be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I just made my first like Solana win there the other day. I, I purchased into something um and it looked like it was like a rug and it was like two soul and i just kind of sat on it i was like the reveal hasn't came out yet and i was like all right i'm just gonna ride the wave and i ended up getting a legendary so it was pretty cool and i ended up flipping it for 15 soul but uh Damn, you know nice. yeah, yeah i was really happy about that but like who knows like it's the same thing with that too right like like when do you uh, liquidate when do you choose to stay in for the long run and it's is it like the question is, I guess, like, is it an emotional thing? And, and like, maybe this is a question for you. So is it an emotional thing that you make the choice to make a sale on an NFT or is it just a simple fact that you're like, fuck it. Like, why not? Like profits, profit. It, it honestly, it plays on my risk side. So like, I'm not a person that like goes to the casino. I, right. I don't like, I think it's a waste of money. Like, yeah, if you hit, it's cool. But like yeah. 80% of the time you lose money. So that's where it's like but with nfts for some reason i'm like well it could go to 20 <laughs> and, I, you know, and i like it's, uh, i have to like sit there and be like no no, no. Yeah, like yeah. you have to just sell like yeah. sell if you if you you know not that i i need it right then and there but at least it's it's materialized because i have had handfuls of projects where i buy in you know at four <laughs> soul or five soul and now i go look at it and it's like 0.3 right so it's like that's where it's like do you really and i sit back i'm like well you know seven out of ten times it usually falls it'll come back but there's always that and that's where even people in the nft market space they have to realize that there is that pullback you know what mm -hmm. i mean there is that point where um it will there will be a drawback but it's healthy you know it's healthy for for New the people coming into the that. space and stuff like exactly. that exactly right? open yeah. spots for them yeah so mm -hmm. Again, you have to look to see if it, you don't want it to pull back too much, but enough where you're like, okay, this is healthy. I feel like I can buy in, make a little bit of money. Or if you're there because it's a project that you've really wanted, you missed out on Mint, and here's the drawback time where you can enter. You know, there's tons of stuff like that. But uh, 
Yeah, I I usually um, I usually now tend to sell. And, you know, looking back at some, they always say, if you sell, don't go back and look because you're going to have sellers for more Then it happened. But again, oh, yeah. I even, you know, yeah. my dad, he, he called me back in 2017 when Bitcoin spiked and that's when Dogecoin spiked as well. And he called me and he was like, you better check your wallet. You might be a millionaire because I hadn't sold any of my Dogecoin at the time. Um, but I, I, I ended up making like six grand from it, um, which was nice, that's, you know, and I only, still, I only mined yeah. for like two months. So yeah. if I would have kept mining Dogecoin, um, essentially, uh, sorry, I, sorry. I, I been, that's that was, why my, I that was my fault, <laughs> but it, it's funny. I talked to my dad. He's like, well, if you would have kept mining, like you would have been, yeah. you know, you would have been a, a billionaire essentially. And I said to him, I said, yeah, I say that now, but the type of person I am is I would have like how I am. If I have extra money, I sell it and I go invest in something else. So I told him, I'm like, knowing me, I would have been selling that Dogecoin the entire time and yeah. I would have been taking that money investing in something else. So, yes, if I would have hodled it the whole time, yeah, I, I'm yeah. sure I would have been a billionaire. But knowing me and, and how my mindset is where it's like, well, why am I just going to let it sit in here and not really yeah. gain momentum when I can sell it and, and – buy something else it's like will, it's like with people know. like putting money into like a savings account and like oh we'll just let it build on the interest and it's like yo like it's gonna like lose its its value just because of inflation yeah. and stuff so kind of like kind of yeah. like the same thing kind of not but like yeah i can see your, your mindset it's like you might as well get that money working for you right like me with my private lending with my my buddy there who's who has the um or colton who's doing the real estate stuff right it took him a couple weeks and my money's just sitting there i'm like oh i just need it to move one i don't want to spend it because i am i have uh, sticky fingers i like to you know go and buy buy bikes right, exactly <laughs> um but yeah so i had a question there that i wanted to ask you um yeah full transparency ladies and gentlemen i am the reason why aaron was no longer mining dogecoin when i moved into his apartment it was in the room that i was going to be living in and he fully disconnected and moved everything so uh i'm sorry you're not a millionaire now because <laughs> yeah, of me. Okay. yeah we had fun though. damn it worth, yeah it was worth it that time for anything okay so. good good i'm happy yeah man fuck we lived like like wh- how long did we live together like seven eight years it's it feels like that long but it, it wasn't it was essentially we I thought it was like 2013 to like 2016. It was like three years. Three years. See, it, yeah, it feels it, like it feels like forever. Forever, honestly. right? It felt like you know six or seven years. But yeah, we've known each other for over ten now, or just about. Yeah, I think just about ten years. Yeah, because I worked at uh, Crown. 2010. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So so twelve twelve years now. Yeah, yeah. Crazy man, crazy how time flies. And that's the thing. I don't I don't stay in touch with a lot of people and it's great, you know, there's the people that I do stay in touch with and and want to have that friendship like it's been solid ever since, right? So, and that's the thing too. It's like it would be I look forward to getting back in person and hanging out with you and um, you know, testing out uh, the medication. AKA yeah, exactly. Mar- Mar- yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah. Marijuana. Uh, but yeah, man, dude, this was a great talk. Uh, it was something that we definitely needed to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, is there anything you would like to cover before we wrap this up? Uh, basically around like hash rate servers or anything like that. Uh, do you want to share anything that, uh, I mean, when people hear this, it might be in a week or so I got to edit and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, is there anything else that uh, you want to throw out there? 
No, I, I mean, I think we've covered most of it. I just think that, uh, you know, the moral of the story is don't give up on us because we've clearly shown, you know, we come back with a punch and, um, you know, we're always listening to you guys. Uh, we're always looking to um, grow the project or add more utility to it or just have more fun with it. And I, I think with doing our profile picture and obviously launching more uh, mining collections, I think... Uh, you know, doors have already opened up where we can get private investors in to even make the second collection for the mining farm even more worth it than the first. So rather, more or less, the first is like the crypto farms, like a bonus, while the second collection, we're really going to hammer that, maybe get, like I said, some private investors. But there's a lot on the horizon for hash rate service. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go anywhere if I were you. I think uh, being a generation one holder, you're going to have a lot of perks. So um, generation ones get whitelisted automatically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. But, um, uh, no, this has been fun, and I, I, you know, I always love talking to you. We always have fun in voice chat and the Discord. So, um, I knew this was just going to be a blast. So I, I definitely had fun. Absolutely. I mean, dude, we covered like an hour and a half. This is great. I know. Um, so. Aaron, where can people connect with you, whether it be questions around mining uh, and then also if you want to plug your other businesses so other people, if you want, uh, they could they could find and support what you got going on as well outside of the whole crypto and Web3 space. Yeah, um, best way to get a hold of me is essentially Discord. My LinkedIn is on there and that shows all the businesses that I own. Um, when we doxed ourselves uh, through Alpha Labs, my business was actually doxxed with it. So um, it's a, a twofer, I guess you could say. Twofer. The, you know, the, the warehouse got doxxed where the mining equipment's gonna be as well as my businesses. So um, those are mine, uh, obviously have, have proven they are mine. And um, yeah, that's if you wanna go show some love to my other businesses, please do. If you're in the area of uh, Niagara Falls, please stop by. Um, you know, if you show that you're a holder, you can get a a discount at either you know my dispensary or, or, or the smoke shops or anything like that not promoting tobacco or <laughs> but if you're in the area want to swing by I'm, you know more than willing I, i've already met a couple holders so um it, it was pretty cool but yeah uh, that blows yeah no too. shout me out shout me out on on discord that's usually the easiest way to get a hold of me and uh and check out my linkedin yeah well, uh what's your twitter uh it's uh 51 so it's p3rcent 51 awesome yeah. awesome yeah guys if you enjoyed this podcast you know where to find me the par or my twitter is uh bar high podcast and then you can find me on instagram at uh the bar high club i think if not the shift work athlete so i have many different socials so i do a lot of things uh but yeah if you guys enjoyed this comment down below um rate review the channel share this with your friends family loved ones etc and yeah you know don't be shy. If you guys have any questions or any feedback that you want to throw my way or Aaron, uh, we really appreciate it. So Aaron, thank you once again for your time. And uh, I hope you have a good dinner with Nat. And uh, I'll talk to you in the Discord. Yeah, sounds good, guys. See All you right. later, Spence. Peace.